It's Gardening Talk back this Monday afternoon, and we've got Jennifer from Madawi. Jennifer, how can we help you? Good afternoon. Good afternoon, gentlemen. God, I was wondering if you could help me. Pardon me. Our cycads, we've got cycads, quite large cycads in pots. Um, the yellowing a bit at the end. Um, probably lower lower branches rather than all, all the way up. We wondered if was it lack of water or too much water or... Did they need a bit of feed at this time of the year? They probably don't need a feed at this time of the year. It, it, look, we did have that rain, but it has been fairly dry, and they will be affected a little bit by the cold as well, because obviously a cycad's a tropical plant. Uh, they used to be sort of called dinosaur food because I believe they've actually been around. They survived right through. The dinosaur period? Yeah, the di- and the dinosaurs used to munch on them and, and eat them. So, yeah, so I believe they're, they're very spiky. Um, and they look like a little bit like a low palm uh, for people. Yep. Uh, so they, they, they're quite an attractive plant. They have a tropical look to them. I think it's probably the cold that might be uh, affecting them a little bit. The other thing that cycads can get, and it's quite bad, if you lift one of those leaves up, you'll find all sorts of brown dots in underneath. They can get a scale on them quite badly. Uh, and that could be uh, yellowing the ends of the leaves as well. You probably notice, though that that was, uh, you'd be having sort of yellow dots on the tops of the leaves where that scale insect is, is sucking out the sap. But I just make sure it's well watered at the moment, even though it's, you know, it's cold. Uh, it is yep. still quite dry out there. So make sure it's being really well watered and just lift up those leaves and check for the uh, scale. Um, look, uh, fertilising at the moment, probably not such a big issue. If there is scale, do I treat it with anything? Yes, then you have to get a product called anti-scale or get some malathon and some white oil and mix it together. And you have to... Uh, oh, spr- very malathon is very hard to get. Where do I get it? Oh, no, you should be able to get it at any half-decent garden centre. Uh, they should be able to supply that uh, to you. And then you have to mix that together and spray it up in underneath the leaves of the plant. Make sure you get a really fine mist, a drenching mist up in underneath the plant because spraying it over the top of the plant is not actually going to get to where the scale insects are. Well, yep. we've got a, I think probably some scale on our golden palm. Mm-hmm. They're all oh, quite, sorry, quite black. And we have, we've lived in this house for seven years. Never had it before, but probably it started late last year. Yeah, look, don't don't beat yourself up about it, about it Jennifer. It's not it's not your fault. Uh, <laughs> these insects just get. It's the environment. They just get blown around by the wind. It's it's look. It's it's nothing bad. Um, you know you've done. You know you haven't kicked the cat or anything like that. It's it's all good. They just get blown around by the wind. They settle on your on your plants. Sometimes your plants can be a little bit stressed, and uh, that that's why they, they might you know tend to settle there. But if you've got that uh, blackness all over your palms, chances are you've got sooty mould and that's uh, a, a byproduct of having the scale uh, because the ants come up from the, uh, from the soil and they bring the sooty mould spores up onto the plant and that's when you get that, uh, that black sort of mould all over the plant and then it, it makes the plant weaker and weaker. It can't photosynthesise properly and uh, you know, then it's more susceptible to being attacked by you know, more insects and the cycle sort of continues. You're in that, de- that death spiral, I guess. Okay. Do I treat that with... Yeah, so with that one, you need to actually use the uh, the anti-scale or the malathon and white oil mixed together. And then a couple of days later, you need to get a product called uh, Mancozet Plus, or you can get copper oxychloride. And you spray, that's a fungicide, and you spray that on. And then you repeat the whole process in about two weeks' time. Okay. Okay. Is, is anti-scale 
preferable to the malathion. Is one better than another or equal? Anti-scale's almost off the market now, but if you can still get some, it's actually malathion and white oil mixed together. It's just that some, the, the company's done the job for you. Uh, and it used to be in the old days where you had to you know, put on your white lab coat and get some test tubes right. and a Bunsen burner and act like a chemist and mix the malathion and the, uh, and the white oil together. And we're, we're back to that. We've become Luddites. We're, we're going back to old technology and we have to do that again. The comment when we've inquired about malathion, mm-hmm. um, malathion um, people have said, oh, it's poison. We can't, we can't stop that anymore. Uh, no, look, it, the Malathon is definitely still available. I, I won't ask where you've where you've gone and um, had that information from, but like I said, any any half decent garden centre uh, should have it and should be able to um, to sell it to you. There, there are alternatives. Uh, you can use uh, uh, eco oil if you want to. That's quite a good alternative. Uh, but if you've got a very bad case, you do need to use the Malathon and white oil mixed together. I'll, I'll, I'll go further afield because a lot of garden centres are closed down around us, so I'll go a bit further afield. Thank you very much. That's all right, not a problem. No names, no pack drill, and everything's good. Have a great day. Okay, you you too, Jennifer. Have a nice afternoon. I will. Bye-bye. Cheers, bye. Thanks, Jennifer. We've got Helen from East Maitland, and she's got a question regarding grammar. I'm assuming that's not an English question. No, and it's not about your nan either. (laughs) What's it about, in fact, Helen? Grammar, I'd uh, like to know if they still grow this late in the season. Yes, it, it probably is getting a bit cold now, isn't it, to try and strike it and get it growing? Uh, yeah, I, I think you're probably a bit late in that case. especially the. I just went out to my garden yesterday and it looks like one's coming up. Oh, okay. Well, if one's coming up, it might just have trouble ripening. But, um, yeah, look, if, if you've got one coming up, just leave well enough alone and let nature take its course. And also, what do I have to do to prepare it for the... Uh, planting the seeds in October. Yeah, so if you can get some seed out of it, uh, you just put them in. Usually you just clear all the pulp away from it and you put them into a brown paper bag so that they can breathe um, and and that should be fine for you. Okay, then. Thank you. Thank you very much for that, Helen. We've got Beth from Balmoral and she's got some problems with a gardenia. How can we help you with it, Beth? How, how can we help you, Beth? Yes, good more afternoon. Um, I've got a gardenia plant um, that is quite old, but it's been a great plant. And last year, sometime, it got like a black sooty cover right <gasps> over all the leaves. Yes. So I gave it a really good wash um, <laughs> with some detergent. Yes. Um... And, and it all just fell off. Right. And it came back to a beautiful, shiny gardenia, and it's since flowered and been looking quite good. However, it's now not quite sooty, but the leaves have got the black mark on them, and I can't... I've tried washing it again, (laughs) (laughs) Um, and it doesn't seem to take it off this time. In fact, you can hardly even scrape it off. It's like a black vein on the leaves. Have you tried steel wool? (laughs) (laughs) Too many leaves. Apparently, vinegar and bicarb soda works quite well, too. (laughs) Ah, Beth, this is probably one of the most unusual methods that I've heard of getting sooty mould off a plant. It's, um, it's did, did you, like, painstakingly scrub each leaf? No, how, no, how no, it no. Actually, it, worked. it was like a miracle, really. Right. I just put it in a, a spray bottle yeah. and just sprayed it all over. Right. And you could just literally see the black sooty mould just falling off the leaves. Right, see, look, if it was me, I, I would have put it straight into the dishwasher. <laughs> <laughs> on on pot but, scrub or something. After, after I did that, I then um, gave it a spray with um, 
pest oil. Mm-hmm. I thought, well, that won't hurt too. <laughs> well, after, after what you've done to it, no pest oil is not going to hurt at all. <laughs> But I just, I can't, the, mir- the miracle of last year is not working this year. No, no. So look, I, we probably should be a little bit serious about it in case people, unless people think, you know, sticking your gardenia in a dishwasher, dishwasher is, is, a good idea. is a good idea because <laughs> categorically we'd like to say no and that, Beth, you've done the wrong thing by your plant here. Oh, have I? It's wonder oh. if there, there's not a thing out there called gox, you know, like a docks for gardenias and your, <laughs> your, your gardenia is off to gox to report you for being very badly mistreated. Uh, so what, what you've actually had on there is sooty mould, and we were just talking to Jennifer about that. Uh, if you know, she might have had that on her uh, golden cane palms. Right now, what the uh, sooty mould comes hand in hand. I'm sorry, I'm just flabbergasted by by what's been going on out there at Balmoral. Uh, but look, no doubt you're a very clean suburb, but uh, you know it doesn't extend to the garden. Uh, so you need to. It comes hand in hand with scale. So chances are you've had scale insect on your gardenia to get the sooty mould up there. Now the, the the ants actually bring the sooty mould spores up from the ground because the ants come up to feed off the the residue of yeah. the scale. You know they they sort of exude this sort of stuff out from and the ants go yeehaw that's fantastic tastes good uh, I'm going to have a part of that and off they go but they unwittingly bring these these mold spores up and it, it, uh, then the mold starts to cover the plant and the plant becomes weaker and weaker it can't photosynthesize so you really need to do a two-pronged attack uh, it's a bit like you know when Caesar came down from the mountains or something like that to or who was it no Hannibal yeah, came, Hannibal came down from the mountains to take over Rome so you need that you need to try and outflank these things you need to use either the pest oil or the eco oil that you were using originally to get rid of the scale insects and then yeah. a couple of days later you, you need to use some sort of fungicide and uh, that the best one for that is actually copper oxychloride right. and it leaves a residue over the plant as well that stops any further mold spores getting on there mm-hmm. uh, and then you repeat the whole process in a couple of weeks time so you go get your uh, your pest oil or pest your oil. yeah mm-hmm. anti-scale or malathion and white oil mixed together that's what i was talking about before so like rinse and repeat yeah, rinse and repeat yeah it's a bit like that isn't it <laughs> And, and, th- and think of the uh, think of the uh, the copper ox- oxychloride as, as the conditioner for your, for your shampooing of the plant. <laughs> Should I give it a bit of a cutback as well? Do you think, or just look not ne- not necessary, and especially at this time of year, it's, not now. Yeah, it's it's cold. No good's going to come of that. Basically, your plant's mm-hmm. not going to grow back very nicely until it gets warm again. So you might as well leave it as it is right. and just try and use those treatments. So just to to clarify again, it's. Yeah. Um, Eco oil. Eco oil, yeah. And then a couple yeah. of days later, copper oxychloride. Right. Okay. Okay. Thank now, you very much. You, you probably need to come out and clean uh, Greg and my <laughs> Greg's mouth out as well. Sometimes it some, worked some, really well at the time. Potty, potty words come out of his mouth sometimes. <laughs> How dare you! <laughs> thank you very much. Okay. Thank. Good All luck right. with it. You, l- you. you leave that scrubbing brush alone on that poor gutter, in you? Okay. Okay. Thanks, Bye. Beth. Bye. One of the most bizarre ones we've had in a while. It sort of is. It's quite sweet in a way, but quite quite cruel to the plant. Yeah. Okay. So you think you're doing well, but in really you're not doing it you're good not, for it all. You're not doing well at all. No, no. Fair enough. Not at all. Who knows? <laughs> she, she, as long as she's not using oven cleaner or something like that on it as well. Well, fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. I yeah. actually did picture her like throwing it into the dishwasher. Yeah, that's uh, not a bad that's, idea. Yeah. I don't think it... But then you got dirt everywhere. Well, so look, I'm a dishwasher man because I had a dishwasher breakdown one time. Yep. And I just pulled the dirty trays out, put them on the ground, went and bought a new dishwasher and put the trays <laughs> back in. <laughs> no way I'm hand washing those dishes, so I'm not going to be scrubbing a gardenia. And we've got Julie from Singleton and she's got scale insects on a tortured willow. 
Oh, Julia, I bet it's a bit uh, cold up there for a, a lollipop today. <laughs> it, it is a little bit brisk today, Scott. Quite, it's, it's um, yes, getting colder too. Oh dear, glad we're down uh, here. I'm, I'm glad we're down here near the beach. We could just dive in and have a swim if we wanted to. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> How can we help you? Um, I've been cutting back my tortured willows and tying them up, and they're covered in sooty mould. So I presume that I have scale insects on them. There's plenty of ants and things. But being a big tree that is deciduous, yep. what should I be doing with it? Oh, look, your your problems are almost absolutely solved. <laughs> yes, but it's all the canna lilies that are underneath that are looking tortured as well. Right. So what's going to happen is tortured willow gets cold, drops leaves. Um, that's all good. Scale insects go away because they're they're on the ground and they're sort of just writhing around, going, oh, oh, oh there's nothing to feed on. Their legs are up in the oh. air if they had legs. Um, so that that's good for you. The cold's going to do the job for you. So there is a benefit for living in the cold where you are. Yes. And the tortured willow, uh, sorry, the uh, the canners under the underneath. That's a bit of an issue because no doubt there's sooty mould on there too. So you're going to yes, have to get there some, is. yeah, yes. you're going to have to get some copper oxychloride and spray that as well. Right. Yeah. Right. Look, as as to whether there's scale insect on that, you can only have a sort of a ferret around in there uh, and uh, check and see what's happening. Uh, if there is, you might have to give it a, a spray as well. But otherwise, right. yeah, just give it the uh, the copper oxychloride and that should uh, – it just sort of peels off the blackness. It, it's quite weird the way it comes off. Okay. Yeah, right. once, it dry, once it, uh, you've sprayed it, it just sort of, yeah, starts to peel off and you can even hose it off if you want to. Right. Okay, then. All right. That sounds good. So, okay. so if I spray that off, I spray that on the copper oxychloride, and then rinse it off. Although I no, 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 just, no, 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 don't, don't do what Beth from Balmoral was doing. Oh, okay, right. <laughs> no, I won't do that. Don't not, do that. Not that keen. No, no, just, uh, just leave it on there. It'll form a sort of coating over there, and that'll actually help protect it for any sooty mold. It's unusual for for sooty mold. Those, you know, for any fungal disease to be around in winter like that. Uh, yes, but obviously, yes. if you've had the scale insects up on that big tortured willow, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's what's been happening. The sooty mould's actually been sort of just dropping down onto the onto the canna lilies and underneath. Right, right. Okay, then. All right. And and with your recipe there for the white oil yep. and malathion, what's the mixture? Is it 50-50 or uh, how yeah, do you mix no, it? No, no, it's not like that. So I, I probably should have said that. So what I, I do is I, I sort of imagine you've got your one litre or your one unit of water in the middle and you've got yes. your malathion on one side and your uh, and your uh, white oil on the other side and you put what you require to make up one litre of white oil into the one litre of water and then you get your, other, your malathion and put that into the one litre of water as well, what would be required to make up one litre. So in the end, up okay. you end up with only one litre because if you were to yes. make up one litre of malathion, Malathon and one litre of white oil and add them together, you'd actually dilute it. So you right. you just start okay. with your one litre in the middle and make up that mixture according to what's on either side. Okay, excellent. Okay. All right. And well, then you, you get you get the, the thing and you go boil, boil, toil and trouble and stir it around. <laughs> and... <laughs> All right. Well, I'll get I'll I'll get my witch's hat out okay. and I'll. I'll it. <laughs> okay. Good luck with the tortured willow. We're only tortured souls down here in this studio. Oh, that's no good. Okay. Speak for yourself. Oh. Okay. <laughs> There's more angst Thank down you here than much. you can poke a stick at. <laughs> Thank you. There's more what? <laughs> more angst than you can poke a stick at down here. I'm sure. I'm sure. Okay. Thank you very much for that. Thank you, Julie. Jeez, thanks very much, that's Julie. Bye. Bye. There seems to be a lot of questions today about mould and soot and black on plants. Yes. Yeah, so, no, I thought mould was only something that happened in winter when you closed your house up and, and didn't let it... Um, or something had happened in, you know, remember the old TV series Black Books? Because remember the, the bookshop was always really horrid and dirty and skanky.
Exactly. And mould lived in there. Well, lots of mould. Yes, yes. I know that can be a problem if you don't open your house up and let it air. Well, fair enough. I'm, I'm going to do that when I get home this afternoon. Okay. Just to make sure. Don't leave it open all night, otherwise you'll freeze. Oh, well, yeah. that's not going to be a problem. Yeah. That's, that's going to happen. Now, Scott, you've got a couple of plants there for us this afternoon as well. You mentioned a little bit earlier. Yes, I thought we'd talk about the old Monstera Deliciosa. That is a great name. It is, isn't it? It's fantastic. And it's related to the old philodendron. But I remember it fondly because my old auntie, Una, and there's a name that doesn't go around too much anymore. No. Yeah, she's still with us. Um, she's still with us. Um, she must be old by now when I think about it. Because I was a youngster and she seemed old then. She had the blue rinse in when she lived over in Waratah. But we'd oh, go, okay. yeah, go out to the back of her house and she had this enormous block of land out at Waratah. It's probably been subdivided and it's got 15 units on it by now. Um, but you'd go right down the back and there was this Monstera Deliciosa down the back. And they're related to the philodendron. But the is, great- there, is there a common name? No, there's not really. Oh, no. Disappointing. Well, when you've got yeah. a name like that. Yeah, people just call them monsterios, I guess. That's, that's, the, that's the easy way to think about it. And they do become a bit of a monster of a plant. They can take over the backyard. And, and oh, Auntie right. Unas did take over the backyard. But the benefit of the Monsterio Delicioso, you'd go down there and you'd get this weird and wonderful fruit off it. And I, I, I don't know if people have, how many people have actually tasted the fruit, but it tastes a little bit like pineapple or, or jackfruit. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's quite tasty. And it comes in this sort of long, sort of cylindery sort of thing. It's quite <laughs> unusual, to say the least. Like um, a cucumber. Like A bit like a cucumber. That's an excellent description for this. The, uh, for the Monsterio <laughs> fruit, mate. An excellent description. Thank you for pointing that I'm out to me. Trying to keep me. it very PG at the moment. <laughs> Thank you for pointing that out to me. But the wonderful thing about it is you didn't just sort of just munch into the into the green <laughs> fruit. You actually had to let it sort of ripen. And when it ripened, it peeled off in this weird and wonderful, these, these sort of weird hexagonal sort of um, skin things came off it and then there was the juicy pulp in underneath and that's what you ate apparently to give you a tummy ache if you ate too much of it like you know you, if it wasn't ripe yep. so you definitely had to wait for this <laughs> are you making this up no no it's true this is only you to taught it all to me the, the old and, and people will probably call in and with their memories now and the skin would just peel off and then you could get into the, the pulpy flesh and underneath and eat it and uh, they're becoming more popular again and you can buy them in garden centers again we've oh, actually great. had one growing on the side fence at work and uh, you know up until now before i could sell something i guess people would come in and say oh you know you've got any monsterios and i'd just go and sort of hack a piece off and say yep, yep. here you go and off they'd go happy customers but um, you can actually get them to you can grow them now and uh, you can stick them. They'll take over, so you probably want to contain them somewhere. Uh, but look, uh, quite a, a nice-looking plant, uh, a very tropical-looking plant as well, with the added benefit of the uh, the funny-looking fruit that you can eat once it ripens. Very good. It sounds like the complete plant. It is. And it's Gardening Talk back on 2NURFM. If you have any questions for Scott Sharp, even sharing your memories about... What was the plant called again? Monsterio Deliciosa. Monsterio Deliciosa. It's a very delicious fruit, mate. Just talking about Mysterio Deliciosio. Yep, Monsterio is very Monsterio. good, mate. Yep, yep. Very good. good mate of ours. Yes. We've got Andrew from Rutherford, and he's got some answers for us, I think, Andrew. How can we help you yeah. with it? Yeah. How are you, Andrew? I'm good. Um, yeah, it does have a common name. Oh. The common, yes. the common name for it is fruit salad plant. Ah, okay. And and, and I guess it's a bit what, what it tastes like in a way, doesn't it? A fruit salad. Yes. Yeah. How does it taste like a fruit salad? It's like a mixture of... It is like a mixture of fruit. It's, it's quite a sweet sort of thing. Um, yeah, it's, My memory is it's it's like pineapple, but it's a bit more sort of gluggy to eat. Yeah, a bit banana-y and... Yeah. yeah. Have, you, yep. have you got one, Andrew? Uh, not anymore. We had one for many, many years. 
Yeah, it's a, it's one of those old fashioned plants that are making the comeback. Uh, you know, if Arnie Yoon is still listening out there, um, yeah, I've, I've got fond memories of it. Fond memories. You can start growing them again then. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, thank you very much for that, Andrew. Yep. No fruit, problem. Fruit salad plant. We appreciate that, mate. Thank you. All right, see you. Okay, cheers, bye-bye. Cheers, thanks, Andrew. Fruit salad plant, that's quite odd. Yeah, it is, but uh, yeah, I guess that is what it tastes like. It's an amalgam of all those different fruits put together. Fair enough. I want to try this now. This sounds like the most amazing plant in the world. Well, I, I think I might know where, where one is, and I'll bring it in for you next week. Hooray. Yes. Hooray. It's Gardening Talk back on 2NURFM. We've got Frank from Charlestown, and he's talking about plum trees. How can we uh, help you with it, Frank? Yeah, g'day, Scott. Um, I've got a mariposa plum. And uh, last year, a friend of mine who had an orchard got me some other varieties and she grafted them on for me. Oh, yes. But the grafts um, all died. And uh, I wanted to have a crack at uh, getting some wood to um, other varieties to have another go. Where could I source that? I would think probably from your friend who's got the who's got the orchard is going to be the best one to to get that from. Uh, Is that possible again or...? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, look, yeah, grafting grafting's not one of those things, you know, where I guess you do it once or twice and all of a sudden you've you've perfected it. It's um, yeah, it's quite a difficult thing uh, to be tell you the truth. I've never got it right myself, uh, although I've watched it and, and you know done many times uh, trying to bud roses. But it, it is a, a a bit of an art to do it. Uh, right. So yeah, I guess it's just one of those things you have to give it a give it a crack and see how you go and do multiples of it and uh, see if you get some luck with them. Yeah, that, and that, that's the trouble. Look, you can have, have your tree and you can have a, a pollinator elsewhere in the suburb uh, or in the garden. But right. um, if you've got those dual ones on there, the, the bees are happier. They don't have to fly as far and um, all's done for you. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, one quick one. You've yep. been talking about um, uh, eco oil, etc. this morning. That's and correct, yep. Can you use that for leaf curl too? Yeah, you can use uh, eco oil on citrus leaf miner. That's usually what creates the leaf curl. Uh, you have okay. to use that as a preventative. Uh, so the moth comes down, lays a little weevil. Weevil goes in between the, the membrane of the leaf. It chomps away and does lots of damage to the leaf. I like the way I, I, I like to try and put things into into a, into a sequence of how things happen. Mm. Yeah, and that, that's pretty much what happens. You stick the eco oil there when you spray it on and it creates yep. this barrier that the moth doesn't like to lay its egg through. Uh, so that sort of protects it. Once the uh, the growth hardens up, then the uh, then the moth it, it only actually attacks the the new sort of soft growth. That's why it's not into the citrus at the moment because there's not much new growth on your citrus. So it's most prevalent uh, during February and March. And but you okay. can certainly use your eco oil. You have to use it as a preventative and probably spray. Uh, look every you know week or two weeks when the new growth is on there. Once that growth hardens up, then all's fine. Right. Okay. All right. Thanks very much. Go Thank on. you. Thank you very much for that, Frank. Bye. Cheers. Cheers, Frank. We've got Alan from Cessnock, and he's got a question about his banana trees. Yes. How can we help you with your banana? Um, it's sort of taking over, um, and I wanted to get rid of it. Uh, I don't want to cut it right out. Can you just cut them off at any time? Or Yeah, look, you, you can. I, I believe that the banana, and Greg's probably going to question, he's going to question me about this, so I, I reckon the banana is the world's biggest herbaceous plant, the world's largest herb. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I believe that, yeah. So you, you, your bananas just keep on clumping outwards, I guess a bit like bamboo does. And yeah, if you want that's to con- what it's doing. Yeah, if you want to contain that, just yeah, just go around to the edge of the edge of the clump and any new ones you see coming up, just give them a good old hack off and that'll stop them growing for you. Right, Alan. Okay. Yep, and that's the, that's the easy way to do it. 
Right, thank you. Okay, don't use a chainsaw because when you hit the banana with a chainsaw, the pulp just goes everywhere and wrecks up your saw, yeah. I gather that. They're yeah. very hard. They even cut with an axe. Yeah, so, but if you can find the young ones, the, you know, the young shoots, just, um, uh, yeah, just give them a quick cutout. Yeah, okay. Okay, thanks for that, Alan. Right, okay, bye. Okay, cheers. We've got Marsha from Toronto, and she's got a comment about the, oh, I forgot the name of the plant again, Monsterio. Monsterio Deliciosa. Marsha, <laughs> how can you help us out with it? Or fruit salad, oh, fruit well, salad. I don't, don't know about helping, but I just want to say how much I enjoy the plant that I have. I sit every morning where, it, where it's flowering. It has the most beautiful flower, a large flower. It's just one single cream petal, and this unrolls, uh, unravels uh, to show the undeveloped fruit inside. Yes. And on the inside of this cream pet- petal... There's the impression of of this fruit with its little what are they hexagonal? You know, don't know how many sides. Yeah, so they are they pentagonal or hexagonal? I can never remember that. Yeah, and that impression, that fruit's impression, is on the inside of this one petal. It's really, really, really nice. And then when to watch a flat, to watch a leaf uh, develop, it unrolls one half of the leaf unrolls open and then the other half can unroll and open too it's most amazing plant much joy and, oh. and as i say put it anybody who wants to plant one put it where you can watch it develop each morning with your cup, cup of coffee, or oh. cup of coffee. <laughs> so how, how, how big's yours now marcia is it um... oh well you have to keep hacking it back <laughs> yeah that, that, that is that they can be a bit unruly but they they are a nice easy to look after plant if uh, if you've got the space for them i guess and they're nice um, privacy plant. Yes. You know, like I've got it where people can't see me sitting on my sun deck um, because of the big leaves. Be- again, beautiful shape. I just, I just love it. Oh, <laughs> that's fantastic, Marcia. Thank you very much for that. That's all right. I hope a lot of people, some of your listeners, get some joy from it because it's, it's just always something happening. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you for that, Marcia. Have a good afternoon. Uh, you too. Okay. Bye for now. Bye-bye. It truly sounds like the greatest plant in the world. It could well be the greatest plant in the world, yes. We're going to mark it down. I'm going to call it greatest plant in the world. Greatest plant. So that's the name of it from now on. No, no more. Say goodbye for its salad. Just say, goodbye. say goodbye. Latin names. We don't need you. <laughs> All right, Scott. I think we've got time for one more call this afternoon. We've got Dennis from Musselbrook. I'm getting reeds, getting rid of reeds in the dam. Right up the top of the valley. How are you going, Dennis? Good, thank you. And yourself? Pretty well. How can we help you? Yeah, just wondering if there's a safe way of getting rid of reeds in the dam. There are. There is a. I, I have seen a glyphosate product that is safe to use in ponds. And I'm not saying you go out and use Zero or Roundup, but there was one that was designed specifically for use in ponds uh, to clear that sort of stuff out if you wanted to, and it wasn't harmful to any aquatic life in there. Uh, you'd have to make some investigations about that. I'm sorry, I don't remember the exact name of that product, but it was out there a couple of years ago. That was glyphosate, was it? It was a it was a variation of glyphosate. So don't go and just get glyphosate and use it, or you know, zero or Roundup. You have to make sure you get the one that was designed for use in aquatic locations. Okay, that's not a problem. Thanks for that. Okay, not a problem, Greg. So the short answer is yes, it's out there. No, I don't know the exact name of it, but um, you should be able to find it out quickly. All right, thank you okay, for that. Thanks, mate. Nice. Cheers, Bye. cheers, Dennis. You Dennis, called, you called Dennis me. 
Oh, look, I'm sorry about that. That's I, fair enough. I know. I'm all over the I've shop. Got such an intimidating presence in here. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's hard to mistake people for my name. Scott, we're almost out of time again for a Monday afternoon, but a couple more things you want to run us through, especially with bottles and dogs. Yes. I don't know if this is a, a fallacy, uh, but uh, there, there was this old thing about, and I remember there's this old thing about leaving, uh, you know, the clear plastic bottles on the lawn to yep. stop the old, you know, the canine caca from, but, you know, your dog's turning up yep. and having a, a bit of a, a job on, on the lawn. Yep. And it was really, really prevalent back in the 80s. And, uh, you know, people had, you know, they were, instead of having sort of the, the, the do on the lawn, everyone just had their, their lawns littered with plastic with bottles. bottles. And I wondered if it worked because I saw someone else doing it the other day. So, oh, okay. yeah, and it was the idea that, you know, the reflection of something would actually, you know, stop the... Uh, Stop the dogs coming on there, or they didn't want to soil where their drinking water was. I don't know if it worked. It'd be lovely to hear from people I who don't know a lot of dogs that drink out of bottles. bottles. Yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah. The plastic <laughs> bottle market sort of took off after that, didn't it? Some dogs with some issues. Yeah. <laughs> Purified water for your dog. Fair enough, Scott. Well, we are just about to run out of time, but thank you once again for dropping by. Not a problem. And you're going to be away for the next few weeks. Uh, yes, for a couple of weeks. Jude's going to do it, and then I believe you might be going to take some time off, and yes, then I'm going to take some well. time off. Oh. We're going to be away for about a month. Oh, we're going to be, we have to Skype each other. Oh. Yep. I have to start putting Simon and Garfunkel on to get over this stuff. <laughs> There's some tears. <laughs> Scott, thank you very much. 